It is the technology show where we translate geek into regular speak. I'm coming to you from the basement of Google this week. So um, first of all, um, let's just bring up my screen here because so you can actually see what I'm talking about. I need to um, thank Google's agency. Well, I need to thank Google and obviously Google's agency for giving this box to me. Um, it kind of was like my birthday and Father's Day and Christmas, but it wasn't. So the question is, um, what is in the box? Well, I'll show you. That is what was in the box. Um, yeah, fantastic. It was nice, fresh, probably um, sustainably made and recycled red paper. Um, but uh, yeah, okay. Joke's over. Let's get on with it. Right. So last year, um, I reviewed the Pixel 6 and the Pixel 6 Pro. Uh, a few months ago, I did the Pixel 6a. So if you're watching the show, you can see on your screen, that is the 6 and the 6 Pro. Um, in this magic box that I got uh, recently, we have got the brand new Google Pixel 7 and Google Pixel 7 Pro. So if you're watching the show, it's, it's obviously I try and do the show from a, a, a podcast point of view because some people do watch, uh, don't watch, they just listen, and others watch and you know, maybe I apologize. But today's show is all about my box that I received and the awesome toys that were inside it. So on the screen at the moment is in white, with a white background, is um, the new, sorry, 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 sorry. On my screen at the moment is last year's Google Pro, 6 Pro on the right in the white or your left, I'm not sure how this transpons. And then what's called Hazel um, is the new Google Pixel Pro 7. So just from the start, you can see some of the changes that uh, have taken place, right? From the aesthetics point of view. Um, now, if you watch the show, um, I was really impressed with the 6 and the 6 Pro when I reviewed them last year. Remember that this was pretty much Google's first hardware. It was the first time we saw the Tensor chip, which is their own silicone. Um, there were one or two things that were missing that uh, I'm now pleased to say have been solved. So you'll know what I'm talking about if you recall the show. But I suppose the easiest way to talk about the new super cool toys from Google is actually to compare them. So I'm going to fast forward from this screen. As I said, that gives you, and it's important just to remember the image from the aesthetics. You can see last year was that black plastic bar. I, I refer to it as the bridge. I'm not sure if that's the official word. But it is raised. Well, I can show you. Um, it's got a fig. Grip. I mean, you can see my fingers sticking, and I actually like to hold it. Oh, that was a bit of a giveaway with the screen there disappearing. Hashtag fail. So um, let's move on to this year's devices. So there's the Pixel 7 and the Pixel 7 Pro. You can see straight away, they're classy, they're refined. There's a lovely aluminum finish along them. Um, both of these were in a gold trim. I think there's a silver trim as well, if I'm not mistaken. The pictures up on the screens were the devices I got to play with. Um, and the, the thing that's quite obvious, besides the size difference, so you won't see that even from looking at this really, but the Pixel 7 Pro, like the 6 Pro, is bigger than the Pixel 7. But the big thing is the cameras. And we'll talk about the cameras just now. Um, but basically, from the outset, um, they're actually proper changes, right? Unlike that fruit brand that I like, 
There's a new powerful Tensor 2 chip. Now, remember, on the technology show, we translate geek into regular speak. So this is not a show about how this chip performs, what its clock speeds are, what kind of RAM we use, what are the micro megapixels and blah, 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 blah. I don't use that terminology. I'm just talking about using the damn devices and having a good time. So the chip is important because that's obviously the brain where the processing is. Now, the cameras on the 6 Series were good. In fact, they were great. The cameras on the 7 are freaking amazing. Okay, so Pixel is truly apt when naming these devices. Um, they, they, I mean, there are tons and tons and tons of pixels condensed in the pictures that these phones take. Now, although the, the design is similar, it is far more finished. As I said, just looking at the picture on the screen, you can see the aluminium um, section over the cameras, down the sides, uh, it's, there it is there. You can see it's an aluminium finish down the side there as well. It's just, it, it feels good. It's just, it's a great device. Um, not much of a change from side, side, sorry, from last year, from the two different devices. Still got the curves. Now, it's actually important that I mention the word curves. Not everyone is crazy about the straight edges of the iPhone, which we've had since iPhone 12, and now repeated again on 14. In fact, Cade, my son, um, he's an iPhone user. He would rather keep his iPhone 11 than upgrade to a 12, 13, or 14. In fact, he actually said to me the other day, he's going to look for secondhand 11s just to keep them going. I'm like, well, mate, secondhand 11s are the same as yours, so don't really see how that works. Anyway, maybe we'll get him onto a Pixel. He's probably already gone into my box and stolen some of my stuff anyway. So the other thing that was really nice, and, and there were interesting colors last year. Um, I'm actually going to wind back the slide. So if you look there, there's the sixes again. It had a black over the bridge, not that nice clean aluminum finish we've got. And it was a kind of a mix of colors, right? There's like a red and a pink, and a, I don't know what that is, a yellowy off-white ivory. So let's come back to where we are now. These were the devices that I've got. The Pixel 7 is in a color called lemon, bright lemon grass. And then the Pixel 7 Pro is a color called hazel. Um, and I mean, they're just refreshing. Now, you do get um, obsidian and you get snow, which is black and white, which also looks great. In fact, my 6 Pro was white. And so it, it hasn't discolored over the year. Um, so if you prefer a plainer color, there is black and there is white as well but still has the nice aluminum um, edging or bridge where the camera housing sits. So what are the differences, Brett? Well, I'll tell you, seeing you are so nicely. The 7 is cheaper than the 7 Pro. In fact, it's $300 less. Um, that's not exactly change, right? $300 is a lot of money, and you're not getting that much percentage discount less in features. The 7 has a smaller display and battery, um, the 7 Pro has a telephoto camera. Now, if, you gain, if you're watching this show, you can see it's staring at you. That big, round, beautiful hole there is the, um, the telephoto. Um, it's, I think it's a 48 megapixel. I don't know. We'll get into that later. And it's also got new macro modes for the photos. Now, as I said earlier, this is not a show where we talk about all the little technical things. But if you're not worried about the inches and the size of the screen and the nits, now, that's not stuff that you get in your hair. Um, these are the measurements of screen brightness. Uh, they are both super awesome screens, super bright. Um, the Pro does have a better screen. It's got, I think, QLED instead of just LED. Um, but 
you know, to the normal R, it's just great, great screen quality. Um, the Pro being bigger does have a bigger battery, but Google does say that both, and which means it's obviously hungrier for, for battery because of the big screen. But Google does say that you will get the 72 hours on either device with Extreme Saver turned on. I haven't actually run this test, and I'm not a fan of running down a battery. I talk about this regularly on the show. So in order for me to find out if I do get 72 hours, if I select extreme battery mode, certain apps turn off, um, certain things slow down, like kind of push into the background. It's all it's all machine learning and controlled by the by software. Um, and apparently you will get 72 hours. As I said, I do not believe in running down a battery. Um, I sit at my desk. I've got wireless desk chargers as well as cables. And as soon as I get to about 20 odd percent, I've got a little script that runs. It turns my phone into battery saver mode. I watch pings to tell me that it's done that, and I actually plug in straight away. So it's very rare that I go below 20% on a battery. So I cannot tell you if you're going to get 72 hours or not. Both of them come with Android 13, um, and it is a really super slick operating system. I've been playing with Android 13 for a while. Um, nice updates, nice changes. There's not a show about the OS um, I think I actually got it on the Pixel 6 already. Um, so, yeah, the 7 has 8 gigs of RAM. The Pro, ha- sorry, the 7, normal 7, the 7 Pro has 12 gigs of RAM. That's one thing about Android phones that I've always noticed. They seem to have a lot more RAM than I think that they need or actually require. Um, but that being said, you know, 8 gigs is a, it's a lot of RAM. So from 8 to 12 there's a 512 gigabit option memory-wise on the 7 Pro, but there's only 128 and 256 on the 7. Now, I have 256 on most of my phones, and I haven't run out of space. I do use the cloud. Obviously, with Google, there is the Google um, Drive that comes with it. So 256 is probably enough, and I'm basically doing these comparisons and unpacking a little bit further because I just want you to keep in mind there's a $300 price tag difference between the two. So, so far we're talking about slight screen brightness, bigger battery, which should effectively last the the same, Um, and the option to go to 512 gigs, which is going to cost you more anyway. So if you're comparing the 128 and the 256 configuration, it's the same, and the 8 and 12 gigs of RAM. So they have IP868 ratings. Now, what does this mean? It's dustproof. And it means that it can be submerged in water for about 30 minutes from one to six meters. Now I say from because each manufacturer has a different way of measuring the RP68 ratings. Um, I know that I think it was Sony was only rating to two meters, but um, Apple rated theirs to six meters. But both devices had an RP68 rating. I always suggest that you read the, the website or, or the documents that come with the device about RP rating when it comes to waterproof but i think equally do you really need to take your phone swimming with you like yeah i can hear people go oh but brett we do underwater photography but do you so like if you don't need to take your phone into water don't take your phone into water i think the real important thing here is that you know if you are in a pool and um you want to take a picture and you can get in and get a little bit of a splash on it you're not actually going to stick your phone under the water it's cool However, please bear in mind that if you go into a swimming pool or if you go into the ocean, ocean even more so, please clean your device off very carefully and very well after it's because the salt gets in everywhere and it solidifies and it oxidizes and it just makes a mess. So I was talking about the main difference being the camera. So I thought, let me just bring this up, this image up, 
because it shows it a bit clearer. Um, and oh, oh, push the button there too quick. So the big difference between them is the 48 megapixel telephoto on the Pro. Now, both of them have a 50 megapixel wide and a 12 megapixel ultra wide. We're like going into Geekful, it's a lot of megapixels, right? I mean, it takes gorgeous, gorgeous photos. But that 48 megapixel telephoto does incredible things to your photograph. The first is optical zoom. So the 7 doesn't have optical zoom. It only has digital zoom. So the Pro has a five times optical zoom. Now, there's a lot of DSLRs out there, I think, that don't have five times optical unless you go and buy really big lenses to add onto them. So five times optical zoom, and I think it's then um, three times super res on top of that, so, so digital zoom. The 7 doesn't have optical, as I said, but it has eight res. Um, uh, a super red zoom, so digital zoom. Both have amazing 10.8 megapixel front facing mirrors, cameras, mirrors. I can just see everyone going like this. Um, the, if you, so, look, if you're going to buy the phone because of the camera, so if you're one of those people that owns a phone because of its camera and doesn't own a camera, the $300 might not be a bad investment or consideration then to go from the 7 to the 7 Pro because um, that is really where these devices are, are apart and very much visibly apart. I took some pictures of the same thing in the same light and the same setting and, um, you know, until you actually zoom in and see the kind of depth that was captured using the optical zoom, they're both fantastic pictures, um, but the Pro takes magnificent pictures and i'll call it now given that i've played with the iphone 14 and i've seen its camera i haven't played with the samsung so and they generally do make good cameras but i think the contender for phone of the year or camera phone of the year it's probably going to go to the 7 pro um as with the 6 range they have the magic eraser app which is super fun. I actually use this feature all the time. So the magic erasers when you've got someone photobombing you in the background, or there might even be like a towel or, or a, an ugly rubbish bin or something in the background that you just don't want. Um, you just tap it and the eraser removes it and it's gone. So that is a great feature. Um, it comes with the pixels. As I said the six has had them, the seven has it. They've done a work on the... Um, the machine learning and the artificial intelligence with regards to night mode, it's really, really good pictures in the dark. And I think it's also because it's, it's just got these really huge big lenses that just suck in so much light. I actually have to like pause and take a breath there. When you, when you actually realize how much light these devices pull in, specifically the pro, you can understand why night mode is what it is. And, um, the new feature they've put in is photo unblur. So I think it was on the 6 we had it, or maybe it was just a software upgrade on the 6. We had face unblur. So if you took a picture and the face was moving, you could actually tap it, and it would unblur the face because the camera is taking, like, multiple pictures and then using the machine learning just knits it all together. And that was fantastic for, like, especially for moms with, with new babies because um, the baby's always just still, you know, like you see the phone go, smile for the camera, and they're doing everything but that. So that was face unblur, which it's still there, but now we have photo unblur. So with photo unblur, anything that's blurry in the background, if there was movement or something, you can actually tap it in the machine learning will take care of it and, and unblur. It works well. Video, um, 
look, I took normal videos just to see how the video camera works. I don't do a lot of videos. Uh, it's not something I've done. Um, if I do video, I generally do it front-facing camera like we're doing now, um, where I talk to people, or I'm filming myself talking. So then you're just using the, the front picture. And as I said, the 10.8 megapixel front snapper is beautiful and takes absolutely beautiful pictures as well. Um, but what they have done on videos, again, and this is part of the innovation, this is where so many other brands are lacking, is that they're just releasing devices after devices. Google sat down and actually said, well, if we're going to be sold because of our camera technology, then let's put cool camera technology into our cameras. So they have this like blurring um, it, 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 on the video. So it's called cinematic blur mode. And what it, and they're on both phones, by the way. This is not either. You know, so it's on the 7 or the 7 Pixel Pro. Um, what it does, it actually it, it adds like depth to your video because it blurs out the background. So it makes the focus part of the content really pop. Um, as I said, I'm not a big videographer. It's not something that I'm going to think, oh, well, this is going to make a huge difference to my videos. But just looking at some of the videos, I think I need to play with it a little bit more. Um, just to see how this works. And then last but not least, uh, or, or should, should I say finally, there's actually, well, kind of face unlock. So one of the things that I didn't understand when the 6 Series came out, there was no face unlock. And in a world where, well, one, we were wearing masks and two, everyone else was doing face unlock, I thought it was a bit strange that Google didn't do face unlock, but I accepted it. So I'm very pleased to say that it's kind of here. So why go kind of here? Well, it's not a 3D camera, the front camera. So that means that in, in face unlock mode in low light or in the dark, which is ironic because it does take beautiful pictures, the camera might struggle to actually identify you. So what it does is face unlock works on the lock screen. Oh, that's the second part of it as well. So it works on the lock screen that if you look at the phone, it unlocks you pick up the phone and boom, there we are, my phone's unlocked and I'm in the screen. Um, I didn't have to do anything. Once you go into the phone and you start looking for passwords or you want to make payments or you need to log on to a secured account, the face unlock doesn't, still doesn't work. You still need to put a finger on or draw a pattern, which is an Android thing, or enter a PIN code. Whichever you set up when you set the phone up, um, I use PIN and fingerprints. So for me, I unlock and then I just put my finger on the fingerprint reader, which is in the screen. It's not on the back. As you can see, there's nothing there. So it actually sits um, there. Um, and then it unlocks. So is it the end of the world? No. Um, maybe in Pixel 8, we'll get 100% face unlock or things will change that they don't need 3D. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was as I said, it's, it's, I'm glad it's there, but it's kind of like, not there. So it's half there. Uh, but if you're just trying to get into your phone just to use your phone and that, it's there and it's fast and it works and all those good things. Um, I actually know a lot of people that don't like face unlock. They prefer fingerprint or pattern or pin code for multiple reasons. Um, each to his own. So that's my review of the Pixel 7 and the Pixel 7 Pro. Um, don't know the pricing offhand, and we never talk pricing on the show. I know that it was $300 less for the one, and I think, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, it was like triple nine, call it $1,000 for the 7, um, and then 1300 for the 7 Pro. And that would be the 128 gig configuration because it would be from. 
and then I'm suppose it would go up maybe a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks. I don't know um, for each additional, you know, for the two fifty six, and then obviously on the pro you can go to five one two. So there we go. Um, ah, but there's more. And for those of you that were watching when I had a little bit of a, a finger slip. So the Google Pixel Watch. This has been rumored for a long time. And this was another toy that I got in my box. There we go. It's there. Um, I don't know if, if you can see my screen. There we go. I've got my hazel-colored band with gold trim. Something I'm going to mention a bit later on the show, I think, when I was going to talk about aesthetics. So um, well, let's just talk about it now, Brett, right? So, I mean, I have a matching... So I turn the phone that way and my strap that way. The hazel color of the strap and the hazel color of the phone. I said there's gold um, gold trim on the watch. I don't know if you can see that properly. Um, and the crown, it's gold and gold on my. So I like that kind of stuff. When I've had the Apple Watch and the, and the iPhone, I've always bought them in the same colors as well. If I change my straps, I always buy the same colors as well. So I'm just, I'm, I do like that. So aesthetically, straight away, up the box, very happy when I saw it came in the, in, in the matching color. Um, it is hard for me to review watches because I've used an Apple Watch ever since it came out. So it's, it's you know, that rectangle shape, which I must say I've, I've always moaned about in the past, but like now when I look at the round shape, I have to like readjust to it. Um, but up the box, I'm not disappointed. Okay, so I don't have a Q&A for today. This was all about the unveil of the new Pixel devices. But if there was a Q&A, one of the questions I would assume or one of the questions that might come on next week's show would be, does the Pixel watch work with an iPhone? And the simple answer is, sorry, it doesn't. So I think Google's taking a, a play from Apple's game here. Um, what's important to remember, though, is that it works on all Android phones. Now, an Apple Watch only works on an iPhone. It doesn't pair with anything else. Whereas a Google Watch, or sorry, the Google Pixel Watch, because it's running um, Wear OS, it will work with any Android phone, I think, that's running 8 or above. Uh, I will confirm that for you a bit later on because I think I do have a note of that. So that means a Samsung or a Huawei or a HTC or an Oppo, but today we're talking about the Google Pixels, Google Pixel 6 or 5 or 4, because I think even 4 still runs Android 8. So that gives Google a real big chance to take the water apple because there are so many more devices. The next question that, that people would probably ask me is, say, hey, Brett, is the Google Pixel watch a good watch? And the answer to that is, hell yeah, it really is a good watch. So why do you ask? Well, let's go through some of the features. So first of all, it's round. Now, I do like a round watch. I've just said to you earlier that I'm now used to the rectangular shape of my um, Apple Watch. But if you think about watches, all classic watches were round. And before I wore a smartwatch, I only wore, <laughs> I only wore round watches. It's a nice alliteration. So I only wore round watches. That's it. So it also lends itself to third-party watch faces, which is something that hasn't that's been well third-party watch faces have been available for all um android watches but not something that's been available for ios you kind of just get the rectangular ones that apple gives you and that's it there's no third-party watches whereas there's some amazing watch apps and watch faces out there so it's not really nice looking but it's color-coded like i said as well which to me is important with the aesthetics you can change the straps there's actually 
quite an innovative um, strap clasp system. So on the Apple Watch, there's two buttons on either side. On this, there's just one button that's, let me try and get into screen there. And you you push and it slides over. It's 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 a Google thing. Oh, my little heart rate monitor is going wild because I've taken it off. So it's a Google thing that they've come up with. And again, showing a bit of innovation, not just copying where everyone else does. Um, and yeah, you can get lots of different watch straps. Um, but I suppose the most important thing, right, is so it looks good, but is it good? It is. It has all the features that you'd want from a from a smartwatch, or that you would need from a smartwatch. Um, yeah, these are the faces I was talking about earlier as well. So you can just see all the different. They call them complications. Um, I actually have the one in the top left. I like the complication. That's uh, it's a great one. There it is. There. So it's the round. Um, watch with the three little complications down the side. What you may or may not recall was that about a year ago or so, or two years ago, Google actually bought Fitbit. I think it was a few years ago. So we knew a wearable was coming and we knew that a wearable was going to be in the pipeline. In fact, we were expecting it last year and it didn't come. So it's definitely more than a year. Now, with this watch, they've actually integrated with Fitbit software. So there's a lot of Fitbit inside you. And I'm sure they've spoke to them about the hardware and the sensors and all that as well. So this watch was primed to succeed before it actually rolled out the factory. Now, if we stay with Fitbit for a second, unfortunately, you are going to need to pay for the premium features of Fitbit. Um, I, I don't actually use Fitbit. I've always used Apple Fitness so because I had the Apple Watch. So I'm not really across it, but I've put a screenshot up here, and it, it looks pretty much the same as any other app. Heart rate, how many hours did you sleep? What were your goals? What was your fitness? Did you run? Did you walk? Did you climb? How many calories did you burn, etc.? As you would expect. Now, a lot of those will work in the free version, um, but the premium will do things like sleep tracking, moods, ECG. It, the watch does support ECG. Um, I'd, it's not available here yet. It's the same as what Apple went through. Apple Watches had ECG for two or three releases, but it hadn't been approved in Australia. Uh, I'm sure that they will fast track it. So basically, you put your finger on the crown, the same as you do with if you've used the Apple Watch, um, and then it just reads. I mean, that's, I've tried to do it. You can't do it. I've even tried to find the app and sideload the app. But, um, you know, it, because it's looking at, at something that could have medical influence, it does need to be approved. Fitbit's um, devices are approved in Australia, so I'm pretty sure that Google's going to use the Fitbit paperwork that's been submitted and just say, well, it's exactly the same. It's the same sensors, the same technology. You know, it's just a new package, and I'm sure they'll fast track it. But as I say, you actually get six months free of premium, so you can try it out and, um, you know, see if it works for you or see if you use all those features. Um, and, you know, maybe decide what you will or wouldn't use from the bouquet. If you find that you're using, you know, most or all of the, the, the features that are inside premium, well, when your six months runs out, you can continue subscription. I have no idea what it costs. Um, it's not the Fitbit show. But but even if you don't increase, uh, sorry, if you don't um, continue with Fitbit, you'll still get the step counts and heart rate reading and track your walks and, and all the things that you would get from a um, smartwatch from the health point of view. So, you know, it, I don't think it's a deal breaker. Um, you can understand it. They paid a significant amount of money for Fitbit. Fitbit's model is subscription. It just, and 
so is Apple's model. So, you know, people pay for Apple. They're, Google's obviously assuming that uh, they'll pay for Fitbit. Um, there are two versions of the watch. One requires you to have your phone tethered. Um, and the other, which is the one I've got, is the LTE version. So like other smartwatches, what that means is on the LTE version, you can get an eSIM. Uh, in Australia, it's from Telstra. They've done the deal with Telstra. It's five bucks a month. Um, you get a vir an eSIM, a virtual SIM, and then you can actually do pretty much anything without your phone. So if you want to go for a run, you pair buds. It's one thing they didn't send, actually. We've got so many toys, but we never got Pixel buds. But you can pair them with any buds you want. And you've seen the shows. I've reviewed hundreds of different headsets. I've already paired one of them with them, which was not a Google brand. Um, so it works. Um, but you then can listen to your music on the run. You can use maps. You can take phone calls. You can make payments. So quite a lot of the things. It's obviously a few things you can't do, and that's because it's a watch at the end of the day. Um, the watch is water resistant. Now, this means it's not ready for swimming. So you could take a shower, or maybe like if you have to dip your hand in a pond or something quickly to pull something out, I don't know. Um, but the bottom line is it's not waterproof, so you can't go swimming with it. Is this a problem? Um, maybe. So I don't swim with the watch. I don't swim with the phone. Never have, never will. Um, don't think I need to know the time. I'm not a professional swimmer, so I'm not worried about lap counts or things like that. Um, I know Aria, for example, is quite keen on a watch that goes into water so he can actually listen to a podcast. He's got earbuds that are um, waterproof and a watch that's waterproof, and he can listen to a podcast while he swims. Uh, or he can listen for a warning that tells him his heart's getting too high and he needs to get out. I, I don't know. But, you know, you could probably sit in a sauna or jump in a shower or something like that, and you'd probably be okay. Said I personally do not take any electronic devices into water, never have. Um, but because it's Google, you get the whole shebang, right? So you got maps, you got Google Assistant, you got wallet, um, YouTube music. Now you can download songs onto the watch, as I said, and pair it um, with a Bluetooth headset. But if you've got YouTube premium, and I think if you buy any Google product that comes with premium free as well for a month or three months or something as well, then you can actually just stream YouTube music um, using the LTE connection through eSIM. Um, and as you, you know, as you know, I, I use a MacBook and an iPhone um, for, for my all my work and everything I do, but my home is all Google. There's no actual M, um, Apple smart devices in my house. Um, I do have a sneaky Amazon device or two here and there as well, but nothing, no home pods or anything I get from Apple. So the fact that I can control all my devices from my watch is super cool. Now, it still requires the phone to see videos and some actions, um, but I'm pretty sure like, like to control the cameras and that that I have in my Nest system. I've reviewed those as well. Go back to look at some of those shows. Um, control the volume on a speaker in one of the rooms. Reviewed those as well. So, But I, I've always loved Google Home and, and um, you know that technology. I use Google Drive not um, iCloud. So I can now control it from the watch. Um, I'm pretty sure that once it all fleshes out and a couple of updates later, you'd probably be able to do a lot more from the watch itself without the phone. Um, so yeah, that's what Google brings to the table. The watch is comfortable. It's light. Um, I get a whole day on, on battery on it, so it's not sucking battery. Um, I'm not one to sleep with a watch. So this is important because I mentioned earlier with Fitbit, there's sleep analysis and sleep tracking and things like that. 
Um, I don't like sleeping with anything on my wrist. I've never slept with a watch. So I do lose out on the tracking software that comes with it. I've got other devices that do that for me anyway, so I'm not too perturbed. However, I did sleep with it just to see. And I must say, it didn't bug me. It is a light watch. It's a comfortable watch. Um, it, it, the silicone doesn't irritate your skin. So if you are happy to sleep with the watch, well, then I can say that um, you're not going to find the the, the the Pixel Watch uncomfortable. The one thing that I'm so glad I did sleep with this watch is that um, it said to me, and I'm actually going to have to read here, it says, Brett, we recorded your sleep last night, and we can categorically tell you you do not snore, and your wife is imagining things. So we all know Google's never wrong. So there we go, Gal. I don't snore. Uh, and then staying with questions and answers, uh, Alex asked me about the Wash Your Hands app. So if you, one of the things that Apple launched when COVID came out was that when you start washing your hands, your watch starts to count down, um, and then it pings when you're at the end. So you know you've washed your hands for 15 seconds or 20 seconds or whatever it was, which is supposedly the round amount of time of washing soap and hands to get rid of any germs. So Alex, yes, it does have that. The only thing, though, is it's a manual start. I haven't found a setting that lets it start automatically by the by hearing water. So you just go into the app, you push the crown, um, and then you scroll, and there it is, and you push start. And it, oh, what did I do? I thought I did it. I was going to show you that what it does at the end. Um, crown, love live shows, bear with me, hand wash timer. So there it's. My hand wash time is going, and there's little bubbles going, and I'm supposed to be washing my hands now. We can pretend, but I don't think the accelerometer is working. So, uh, yeah, it does have the hand wash feature for those of you that uh, are a little bit OCD and need to make sure you're washing your hands for the prescribed number of time, and there it's up. My time is done, the little bubbles floated off. Pro gave me a little ping. Priced competitively, um, 400 and something dollars, I think, for the non-LTE version and 500 and something dollars, just go to the Google store and you'll see the prices. And obviously the show is international, right? So it changes based on your currency and your exchange rate. Uh, those dollars price are to Aussie. Um, and I'm confident that Android users are gonna jump onto this device. Given the fact that it's compatible with Android 8, I was right, or higher, um, it'd be very interesting to see how this watch takes off and, and how, the, how the market uh, accepts it. So, yeah, no other are we games, um, Q&A, tech news with a Z, and et cetera, et cetera. I just wanted to talk about everything that came in my little magic box. Um, very grateful again for Google. I said I was spoiled last year with the Pixel 6s, um, but there was no watch last year. So getting uh, new phones and a new watch at this time of year is always fun. As I said, it feels like Christmas. Uh, and that's pretty much it. So if we... Oh, oh, there's just a picture if you're watching of some of the different straps that are available. So you can get leather and steel, and it comes with the rubber strap, um, this one that I'm wearing. You can see there that on the screen, if you're watching it, it's black with a, black, uh, with a silver bevel. Um, that's what the obsidian comes in. So it's in black, silver. I think the white has got gold. I don't know if there's a choice between the two over and above that. But they just, yeah, really good product. I think the whole pixel range was fantastic um, and, and and refreshing. You know, as I said, the, the tech reviews I've been doing lately, unfortunately, um, you know, people have just been 
doing same same but no real difference a um, little bit of speed things like that so i guess uh, that brings us to the end of the show so until next time keep your screens clean and your knobs shiny <laughs> <laughs>